Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. It's me. You're listening to episode number 77, Making an Empowerment Shift No Longer a Victim. In this episode, I get to chat with Heather Williams, Amy Norris, Juliet Sakasagawa, and Stephanie Edelman, who are all a part of the We Spot blog and We Spot community. We're talking all about how you make the shift from being stuck in victim mode to being empowered. Especially during a time such as this, it's easy to live in a fear-based place and feel like you're the victim to everything happening around you. The beautiful thing is, is we don't have to live that way. We have a vulnerable conversation about making this shift and I can't wait for you to hear this powerful discussion. Remember, you are the victor. You don't have to live victim to your circumstances. I can't wait for you to hear the whole conversation. So here we go. Let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I am excited to have an amazing panel of women here this week to talk to you about a topic that I think is really important and also a bit difficult. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds and know that it's going to be just packed with amazing things. So I thank everyone for being here today and I would love for you to meet our ladies. So the first one I'll introduce is Heather Williams. Hello, hello. Hi, Heather. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And Amy Norris. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Glad you're listening. Thank you. And Stephanie Edelman. Hello, everyone. And Juliet Sakasagawa. Hi, everybody. Yay. So now you get everybody's voice a little bit. Um, Thank you all again for being here. This is I'll say it every time. I think my very favorite type of podcast where we all get to just come together and share our hearts and our thoughts because I think we're all so different and we all bring such a different perspective that it just makes the conversation so rich and full of life. So thank you. I, um, I'd like to dive in to our topic and we were talking about it a little bit beforehand and how 
this topic might be a little bit hard and just because of the nature of things that are happening right now, I think makes it difficult. But also I think this topic is difficult when there's not a pandemic happening. I think that, you know, we're going to be talking today about responsibility for self and not being in victimhood. That's a hard thing to do even when things aren't in chaos. And so I'd love to just talk about kind of the premise of that and also how do we apply it to now? Because I feel like now has, you know, it's a whole nother beast essentially. I've been thinking a lot about this topic because it seems like human beings are programmed to seize on the negative uh, before they recognize the positive. And I often talk to people that feel like they're victims of society, of their parents, of their past, of their boss, whatever. And when we look at it as being a victim, it narrows down the field of possibility so much. All we see is what we don't have, what we can't do, what someone else has done, has done to us so that we can't be our best. And if we can change that somehow and begin to look at what's available to us in every situation, I have begun to learn that everything that happens to me is an invitation and the way I respond to it changes what I receive from the situation. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's good. So being able to see this current situation as an, an invitation, as an opportunity to grow, to do things differently in our life. And I see a lot of that happening on social media, people talking about that. And I guess what I want to talk about is how do you, because I, I totally believe that. I think it's amazing. And I think sometimes it's hard to get there, especially when, you know, there's really hard, really heavy things happening. How do we get there in, in those situations? I think it takes practice. It's a muscle. Um, and we don't beat ourselves up when we don't do it automatically. But each time we remind ourselves to look for the opportunity or the positive or the way to serve, it, it becomes easier to look for that the next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think also it's a huge practice, Stephanie. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think if we're not used to practicing, especially in times like this, things even feel even heavier. Um, if we're not practiced in trying to stay present in our body in without like allowing our thoughts to consume us, if that makes sense, sort of more of a sense of dropping into below the neck, into the heart space, yes. and into being fully present into the body and into this moment and keeping it as simple as possible. I love that you both brought that up, that it's a practice. And it's interesting because I think in this particular time, I feel like I'm somebody who's actually fairly well practiced at checking in with myself and, and also at, at not living in a, from a place of fear and not being a victim in, in situations. And this particular situation has, has overtaken me in certain ways that I wouldn't have expected. Mm -hmm. And even just, so the other day I was planning to go to the grocery store, which I've done already over the past few weeks, but 
it was one of the first days where it was recommended to wear masks. And I got dressed, I was getting ready. I needed to find something to cover my face with. And as soon as I started to do that, and I was showing my husband, like, do you think I should wear this? Do you think this is going to be good enough? And I had a, a major physical reaction, like a, a panic. And I said, I, I don't think I can do this. I can't go. I can't go to the store. I'm afraid. And I started to envision myself in the middle of the store having a panic attack and then people not being able to help me because we're not supposed to get close to each other. And it, it was just too much for me. And I said, I can't go. I can't go to the store today. And my husband, thank goodness, was in his rational place and he got himself ready and he went to the store and he took care of that. I guess my point is just that, you know, it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I, and I, like I said, I think that I'm somebody who's actually fairly good at that usually. And in this case, that in that situation, the fear just took over. It took over my body. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do mm -hmm. other than to yeah. say, I can't do it right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what comes up for me around that is a lot of comparison. I am witnessing a lot of people comparing their, I don't know how else to put it, but pre-pandemic to yeah. in the pandemic to post-pandemic person. Mm. And we our circumstances have changed on the outside, but we are the same on the inside. Um, so I think it's awesome that you just brought awareness to where you were in that process and not comparing yourself to, I'm not someone who would ever do that. Um, I think that language isn't helpful to us right now because things are changing and we are living in a lot of change very rapidly. So to allow ourselves to compare our, ourselves, does that make sense? Isn't, um, isn't like a very helpful language to to say, oh, okay, well, because then, you know, I feel like I will fall into, okay, Amy, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting this way right now? And it's like, well, there's no reason. It's just the way that I'm feeling right now. And I'm going to name it and I'm going to sit with it and I'm going to breathe through it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm I think um, to some, one of the things that we can do when we have a reaction, whether it's very strong like that or just we begin to feel fear, is to ask ourselves, what's the kindest, bravest, most courageous thing I can do for myself right now? And it might have been to say, I can't go to the store right now. It might be just to breathe. Um, but sometimes I think, like you said, your husband was in a good place at that time and was able to serve you. Um, sometimes we might be in that place where we can be the courageous or the strong person for someone else, uh, not in a judgmental way, just offer them our strength or just by being with them in a very calm place can help someone when they are in that other place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's, what's coming up for me right now is that this is like one of the things that I'm having to deal with or learn is how to deal with like a whole new level of fear that I've never really had to deal with before. And like sometimes the courageous thing is looking at the fear and putting yourself into the reality of what could actually happen. So Last night, um, my husband and I went on a long walk without the kids, which was amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but really had a, a opportunity to talk. And one thing that came up was both of our fear about what if something happened to him? He has asthma and he's still working full time because he works at a fire department and they aren't going to let him come home essentially. And so he's being he he can't stay home he's being exposed in that like inner turmoil between him having to go and the fear of him going and having to talk through what would and, and he asked me yesterday what would you do if I died like what would you do I need to talk through that with you and it sucks it's scary and I don't want to. So sometimes I think like we can become a victim by not having these conversations, by not showing up for the hard conversations, by not walking through that and saying, okay, what would I do if this happened? What would that look like for, for me? Um, he had to walk through that to know, I mean, his fear is more that we would not be okay if he wasn't here and needing to know what we would do. And so we both had different needs in that conversation, but it's putting things like this in our face in a much different way than it is on an everyday basis, which on an any day basis, you could, you know, something could happen for sure. And maybe on an everyday basis, we just don't think about it as much or we say oh this couldn't happen to me or we try and you know i think that's a part of fear is just trying to push it off and act like it's not there and in this situation we can't really do that yeah that's really good sarah i'm glad that you guys were able to have that conversation thanks i'm not really <laughs> I'm glad, but it sucks. It's, it's, it really, it really sucks. And I think that is part for me of not being a victim and stepping more into my power of, okay, if something were to happen, this is, this is what I would do. This is how I would, this is how I would move forward being able to have that conversation is much more powerful than not than than the avoidance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are hard conversations to have under the best of circumstances. And you're right, we do fear that and it is part of the life cycle if we can look at it rationally. We all are born and we all are going to die. It's just the life cycle. It's how science works. It's how our bodies work and we can't control it. And so having those thoughts in our head take us to a place that is scary to, to think of that, the, how the life cycle works uh, because we have a lot of emotional attachment to things. So that's of course very scary. And I think it's so brave that you are able to have that conversation and also come back to it logically. And it's not like you're planning for it, but you, it's important to, to know and be at peace with yourself that that is part of the life process and part of the life cycle. And it's a conversation 
we all have to have with ourselves and a, an awareness that's important not to get stuck in, but just being aware outside of our thoughts and emotions that that's the big life cycle. That's, that's how nature works. That's how humans work. It's, it's just how science works. And that's, what's helpful for me to, to break it down. It's not necessarily what I think I'm going to lose or try not to get attached to the emotions around it, but more of a, okay, that's a natural part of life. I read an so, interesting yeah. article the other day about death doulas. And they were talking about if we treated death the same way that we treat birth as a normal part of life, not uh, a boogeyman off in the closet somewhere, but they talked about what if we brought gifts of things that were needed? What if we sat down and talked to the person about, here's what I'll remember about you. Here's where you gave me joy. If we even let children be uh, introduced to it and not overwhelmed, but included in the natural cycle of life. I think that's why those conversations are hard is because we've put them away and acted like they're scary when they're actually, like you said, if we're born, we're going to die one day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we know ahead of time and sometimes we don't, mm -hmm. but it does take away some of the fear to have addressed it, even if it's scary to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to, I, I'm thinking about like finding that balance, like not living in a space of fear, but also being realistic. You know what I mean? Like how, how do you find that balance? It's interesting that you just asked that Sarah, because a question was swirling around in my mind as I'm listening to this conversation um, about, and I'm not going to answer your question. <laughs> I'm going to, I want to add to it, which is just yeah. that, I've been thinking about this victim, like if you think on one extreme end, victim versus, I don't know if the opposite extreme is complete control. And obviously we don't have complete control. And I think a person who feels like a victim feels like they have no control, like everything's being done to them. Like I, there's nothing I can do this, you know, I'm a victim. And yet, and the complete opposite of that would be, I'm, I'm in control of everything. And I, I was wondering, like, what is the in-between of that? What's the middle? For me, this is, have y'all all heard of that where you get a word for the year? It's a practice some people do. Yeah. Um, I've done that for quite a while. And the last several years, I've been given the same word over and over and over. And that word is surrender. Mm. And I think the middle place is surrender. But for me, I, at first, I was so like, no, I don't want that word. That is not the word I want. I want to be in control. And I think what I have finally realized is that middle place of surrender is not giving up. It's recognizing that I have the strength to meet whatever comes, uh, even though I'm not controlling what comes. And even though I don't know what comes, I rest in my ability to meet it with strength, with grace. Uh, and that's what has really taken away. I used to live with so much fear. I can remember several years ago, I would wake up in the morning with fear in my stomach. And if you asked me, what are you afraid of? I couldn't even tell you. I just lived with constant fear. Mm. And now I don't. And I think it's been dancing this dance with surrender, fighting it and trying to fully understand what it is that's brought me more to the middle. Mm. And I think that's that balance point. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it mm. is. That's so good. Like the whole idea of why we build up fear to begin with, you know, we all build up walls around us to have a comfortable life so that 
uh, it's just imagine like creating your own house as you and you're building walls up in your life to create safety and comfort. And when we allow ourselves to really surrender and let our, let that, those protective walls come down and we can get used to, you know, living in that, you know, that surrender and that, and that discomfort that it, it does bring. But going back to that heart space and being present is so important because the more we can let those walls down, the more our heart opens. And the more our heart opens, the less fear we live in. We're able to live with right now what is happening. Mm -hmm. It's been several weeks ago, and I didn't realize what a gift this was at the time, but I had a dream. And in this dream, I was sitting in a doctor's office, and this was before I was panicked about um, this was before the pandemic came. So I wasn't thinking about that. And I don't have any idea why I was in the doctor's office, but they called me back and I walked in and instead of a Western looking doctor, it was a Swami looking kind of person. And he looked at me and he said, I have only one prescription for you. You must go on the joy diet. That was the whole dream. And I of course thought about it, but the other day it hit me that I thought that's really the answer to everything is to choose joy in every situation. Even in the middle of the pandemic, when you choose joy, your immune system is stronger. So now when I think about, you know, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? I'll ask myself, does this give me joy? And I'm defining joy more as that deep sense of peace and rightness, not like happy, happy, you know, pleasure in the moment, just that deep sense of um, grace and being. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, when we build those walls of fear, we, we aren't present with what is, we aren't able to feel the joy of what actually is in the moment. Mm -hmm. Well, and that makes me think of being present and um, I practice a lot of mindfulness and just being in the present moment. And this is the only moment we're in. And when I yes. start to find myself feeling a lot of fear or looking forward and worrying, I really try to focus on what's happening for me right now. Um, and what I can do right now in this moment, even in the moment when I felt afraid to go to the store and it was like, you know what, I'm just going to be okay with myself that I can't right now. And next week I might be able to, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's just about what's happening for me right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, my perspective shifted significantly when I learned about the concept of love and fear being the only real emotions. Um, and understanding that if I'm in fear, I can't be in love and that all of my fear is blocking that essentially. And when I'm going into a situation where it's fear based, being able to look at, okay, and, and this is similar to you, Stephanie, I think I'm just looking at it as love instead of joy. Like what is the love? What is the loving thing I can do right now? How can I love through this rather than holding on to this fear? And I think, I think we can do that because Juliet, that's, I said that to my husband last night on the walk. He said, you don't like talking about this. And I was like, it's not that I don't like talking about it. I just try really hard because I, I used to have a lot of anxiety. I lived in constant fear also. I try really hard to not talk about things unless they're happening right now. You know what I mean? I try to focus on the present moment, not get overwhelmed by the future. 
And that has helped me significantly. And now I'm having to incorporate into that, how can you do that and still stay grounded and look at things that could possibly happen in the future and still choose love and mindfulness and all of those things. And it's a harder practice. (laughs) I think that that's an invitation for you to see your own strength. Um, Mm -hmm. I know a couple of years ago, I quit a job that was no longer right for me and I had applied for another one. And in my perfect plan, I would get the second one before the first one played out. Right. So it just seamlessly went, well, it didn't work that way. I had to, there was a timeline. So I had to quit one while I was still in the process of the other. And there was a part of me like, why couldn't this happen smoothly? Why couldn't I already have this? And it did work out. But later I realized that that was um, an invitation for me to prove my strength. And also it was an invitation to prove to myself that I could follow what I believe was right, even when it cost me something. Because if that job had, if it had gone smoothly for one or the other, it wouldn't have really cost me anything. But I learned I would, I could stand up for my principles, even in a time of uncertainty. So I think having to discuss that, it doesn't mean you want that to happen or that you're inviting it to happen, but it shows you you're strong enough to do that. And like Juliet, it shows you that you can take care of yourself even when you're, even when you're scared, you did what you needed to do for yourself in that moment. So I think that's what helps us see in the moment. What am I getting out of this? Mm-hmm. And there's usually a big gift. Yeah. It's not love this conversation. <laughs> so much wisdom. <laughs> yeah. And I think earlier when we, before we did jump on here, also what comes up is how do we navigate? How do we not meet our own fears with someone else's fears, someone else's experiencing fear that we're living with right now. And how do we keep ourselves grounded? Because it's real easy to get caught up in other people's fears. And I, I like, I'm really witnessing that. And, and myself, if I go, or if I'm in certain experiences, those little teeny fears that I have, like escalate hugely if I am around someone who's thinking in fear. And so it's hard to stay, um, you know, how do we, how do we navigate that? Fear is catching, but faith is also catching. When I notice myself, when I pick up on someone else's fears, I feel them first in my stomach. That's just where I do. And lately I've been practicing just stopping that and breathing in my heart and choosing the emotion I want to feel. And sometimes it happens quickly. And sometimes I have to go out by myself to kind of get rebooted but I've been trying to give them my feelings of safety rather than absorbing like a conscious practice again. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it always works, but it helps me. That's good. Heather, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I've been pretty quiet this whole time. (laughs) Um, So I was just thinking back to just very in general terms, like why, why is it that we choose or get stuck in that victim mindset? And I think, it can be a conditioned thing or a learned thing. Um, and if we see that growing up in our family or in our community, it's very easy to continue to also go down that path. And I do think that having that victim mindset serves a purpose. You can keep your world really, really small 
and everybody else is responsible for what's working and what's not working. And that can feel really good and safe. And um, I have a couple people in my life that I love dearly that to me look like they're living in that constant victim mindset. And it's really painful for me to see. And I feel like I can easily slip into that on occasion. Um, but I do do a lot of work to try not to go there and to not raise my children with that either. And I think the word that keeps coming to mind is accountability. I feel like in order to get out of that victim mindset, you have to be willing to hold yourself accountable to take ownership for whatever your circumstances, whatever your mindset is. And accountability can be pretty dang hard. So Juliet, similar to what you were sharing earlier, I feel like this particular situation that's going on right now with the pandemic has has kind of, you know, shaken my foundation and I was starting to let other people's fear seep in and um, it was really, I was questioning, are these my feelings or are these their feelings? And so the way that I have been trying to take care of myself right now is to, to kind of cocoon a little bit um, and come back to just the most basic of things right here, right now. I'm in my home, I'm safe, I'm taking care of my children, I'm checking in with my people, I'm just doing that next right thing and, and trying not to slip into that victim or fear based mindset. I love that next right thing idea. That's manageable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good example of going back to whatever it is that we need, like re re grounding ourselves, re like being able to lean into whatever that is to get ourselves back into a place of being able to, I guess, just getting out of that frame of mind, I think we have to do work a lot of times to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really comes back so much to just self-awareness, you know, just being aware of, of your own thoughts and being aware of what uh, triggers you being aware of when you do need to cocoon and come back to you. And, you know, it's just such a, a huge, a huge practice of just, you know, self-awareness because it is really easy in our world that we live in even outside of the pandemic to, we're just such an outside based society and going inward can be a really scary place. And it's the place that we need to open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been such a theme for me right now. I feel like that's my life theme <laughs> um, <laughs> to slow down enough to listen. And it's one thing that's really been helpful for me and really brings me to a different place is to ask myself when I get to a place of fear or when I get to a place of oh my gosh, what if something happens to my husband and what would my life look like or whatever it is to bring myself back to asking what, what is it that I'm supposed to learn in this situation? Because I really truly believe that we're here to learn and we're here to grow and that every situation in our life happens for a, a teaching opportunity and so when I bring myself back to that, it totally changes my perspective and being able to see it more as a growth opportunity than 
seeing it from a place of victimhood. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that quote, this isn't happening to me, it's happening for me. And that I go back to that as a a mantra, this is happening for me. What am I supposed to be learning? This is a gift, Mm -hmm. a silver lining. Yeah. And that's what the definition for me is, is of being courage, being courageous and being brave, not shutting it all out is opening up to it. That's, that takes a lot of courage. So I'm glad you shared that, Sarah. You're our courageous woman, mm-hmm. being very courageous. I'm glad to hear you say that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of, I know that I've talked with some of you about Glennon Doyle's book, that the Untamed that just came out, and she talks in that book about what being brave means, and it basically means to listen to yourself, to follow yourself, not to listen to other people. There's a whole section in the book about that that I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would lesson. Mm-hmm. I think most of us have been trained to listen to everybody else but ourselves. I was. Mm-hmm. The authority always was out there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it brings up a good point too when we are certainly experiencing these situations that seem to escalate every fear inside of us and everyone else's fear inside of us to really be aware of what is what you're exposing yourself to that maybe bring your vibration down or bringing negative energy into you. If it's the media, if it's people who are currently in your life that are going through a lot of anxiety and, you know, it's okay to step back from that and, give yourself what you need and just being aware of what you're, you know, what you are, what you're allowing yourself to be exposed to right now. And is it really something that's helpful for you in this moment? It may be okay in an hour, but it might not be okay in this moment. Think about the parallel though. We're, you know, sanitizing everything, not exposing ourselves to things um, physically, but that may be the most damaging thing is what we're exposing ourselves to psychologically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this battle with the psyche right now and it's, it's yeah. intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe, you know, it's just occurring to me, like that's what I was feeling for a couple of days. I was like really thrown off. Like what in the actual heck is going on <laughs> with my mind and my brain and why do I feel so freaking heavy? So, so heavy. Like I couldn't understand. And last night I could not sleep and I am a good sleeper. I usually lay down and go to sleep and I sleep all night and I wake up in the morning unless I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) But sleep is not an issue for me at all. And last night at like one o'clock, I was still laying there with my eyes wide open, could not fall asleep. So I got up and came out into the living room and just started doing some research on some stuff. One thing we've been talking about in uh, me and my daughter, because my sister's really into it, not to get off topic, is your birth chart and um, how it talks about like what your, uh, what your purpose is is in this lifetime and like what you're meant to learn. And we were talking about it yesterday. And so at like 
1.30 in the morning, I'm looking through like my purpose and what I'm supposed to be learning. And it was so amazing. And so being able to make that switch from being in that just place of chaos and heavy to I'm going to embrace this time. And there, there is something energetically, I think, really happening. And so I think it's, it's been so powerful for me to say, okay, I'm going to use this as a time to just learn more about myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that when we are so intense and battling with our psyche, we forget that we are, we have a soul, we have a spirit, we have a body, we have energy. And I think it's so important to, to rechannel that. And, you know, when we are so in our heads, we can't drop into presence if everything feels like a struggle and it's exhausting because you're, mm. you are, you're at war, like with your psyche. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that fear lives. I think that war creates fear and unrest and so many negative well, things. The 24 hour news cycle is feeding us a steady diet of how many people are testing positive and how many people are dying and how many people are losing their jobs. It's all almost negativity. If you notice like on the world news tonight, you get uh, what 27 minutes of negativity. And then this America strong at the end, you know, when you get one minute of something good, it would be really nice if we had like 27 minutes of something good. And then here's the numbers at the end, mm -hmm. but it's, that makes us feel heavy and dark if we take that all day long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really limit what I watch, but I didn't, you know, I, I have been once a day kind of looking at the articles that are out there. And I, I think I just need to stop doing that too. Um, so I battle with, and Stephanie, you said this, before, and I don't remember if we were recording or not, something I battle with is how do I stay informed and, and responsible about the information while also protecting myself and not getting sucked into all of that darkness? Yes. That's a question for me too, because I, I battle with that too, Sarah, because I really want to be informed, I, I feel like just turn, you know, just state like, I don't know what the right word is and I don't want to sound insulting, <laughs> but being ignorant to what's going on is not okay with me. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be informed and yet also okay. And, and not be taken over by information that's not needed to have, or that's, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it properly, actually, right now. But I see you all nodding your heads, so I know you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and it's. I think I it's mean, compounded because we don't necessarily have reliable sources, or we question the reliability of sources too, and so then that can get confusing mm -hmm. and take you down a rabbit hole of trying to find information that you feel is real and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, and so I can sort of answer my own question in a little bit of a way, which is that I do feel like I know who to listen to and I do feel like I know 
who the reliable sources are for me personally. And I actually, I mentioned this in another, somewhere else where I know Sarah was there. I don't remember when it was, um, but that I have found a, a few people that I trust and follow and I've, that's who I look to now. And, and I, I do kind of t- put everything else to the side and there are certain people and sources that I don't look to and don't follow. So I guess that's how I've done it for myself. Yeah. I also think like, yes, I want to stay informed and I actually have to for my job because it it impacts how we're working at the time. At the same time though, I'm practicing self-care. Like I walk every day. I do yoga. I'm reading for fun things that have nothing to do with this. Just I'm, I'm not spending all my time thinking about it. I'm consciously choosing things that make me feel good and that I enjoy to balance that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I've even limited my social media intake, which my, a lot of my work is on social media. So that's hard when your job is needing to use social media, but I've really, especially on the weekend, I'm like, I'm not getting on my phone. I'm really going to minimize the amount of time that I get on my phone in just being able to be more present. But I also think, you know, even if it's positive content, sometimes it's just still overwhelming when it's constantly coming in, in your feed and into your awareness, like a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. I've noticed in this time when, because when we're all physically distancing ourselves, I think a lot of people are really seeking um, connection and seeking, uh, they want to be close to people. They want that connection with other people. And social media is one way to do that, but it's not necessarily always the healthiest way to do it. And I'm noticing this interesting contradiction in a way of like, people are using social media more and also trying to use it less. <laughs> I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense because it, it, people are posting more and putting out more and wanting to connect more and also like, ah, oh, I can't take it all in. I need to disconnect from that. So it's this interesting time of connecting and disconnecting. Um, I think people don't, they want the connection and they don't know how, how to connect because we can't be physically with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same. Like I have really mm-hmm. missed our face-to-face classes are stopped every, you know, I, I was teaching students face-to-face every day. And then now I'm doing it through a computer program. Mm-hmm. And I realize it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I miss that face-to-face uh, interaction with students. So I, I think it's almost like when you keep eating something you don't like because you're looking for a taste that's not there, you know, you want something sweet and you don't have the thing you want. So you keep eating what you don't want. I think that may be it that people are consuming social media for contact, but it's not satisfying Mm -hmm. because it's not real human contact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe right now is just not a time. I mean, it's, it's more of a time for us to connect with ourselves than it is for us to seek opportunities to connect outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a shift within me personally of, okay, I need to turn off the noise right now. Like I need to turn off a lot of the things that typically keep me distracted that this is an opportunity to not be distracted, to be able to be more present. And yeah. And I think we, 
it's important to have, obviously, I mean, my entire platform is built on connection and I, I have pure belief in the importance of real authentic connection. But I think what's happening too is the connection that's happening online is not real. It's not authentic. It's not deep connection. And we can have that connection online like I would say our Wednesday morning talks is deep connection, real. Let's be real about what's going on. But the majority of the things that are coming across are this more of the superficial, things will get better, just smile, you know, those types of things, which I think are fake connection. I don't think they're really real. Mm-hmm. I think that I was thinking about the silver lining and all this, and I think this is a global reset and we're being forced to get back to what really is and the value in, in our being forced to connect with ourselves and connecting with people in a different way. A lot of my new, my feed on social media is musicians um, because that's, that's part of, of my, that's like going to church for me is going to concerts and connecting with musicians. And so I'm loving the way that these artists are having these, these concerts in their homes and you see their kids in the background and they're still reaching out to their people and, and connecting any way that they can. And so I, I'm seeing a lot of beautiful things happening online too. I don't know if you, any of you participated in the global meditation last night, um, but that was really, really cool. Zach and I did that last night. Yeah, me and Aubrey did it. Yay. Maybe that's why I couldn't sleep. I don't know. <laughs> you were vibrating so high. I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was cool. I love the deeper opportunities to connect. And I guess I would encourage people to seek those out. I think that's how a way that we we get out of victimhood also is to be able to be in a space where we can be real. I think being on the surface and presenting ourselves in a way that we think other people want us to or not being able to be vulnerable is a huge way to to remain a victim. You just reminded me to answer the invitation. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Stephanie. I was just going to say this is an invitation to know our own resilience if we take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that you reminded me that part of getting out of victimhood also is knowing, being empowered, knowing that we have choices, that we can make choices. Like we can make choices about what news sources we follow. We can make choices about who we follow on social media. We can make choices about how we spend our time during this time. So we have choices about what we can. There's a lot of things we don't have a choice about and a lot of things we don't have control over, but there are things we do have choices about. And that's empowering when you think about all the things that you can make decisions on for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Okay. So let's bring ourselves back to kind of the topic at hand and being able to get to a place where we feel empowered, not led by fear, not in a place of being a victim. I'd love to hear from everyone as we kind of wrap this up, 
what do you want our listeners to know? What do you want them to hear? What are your biggest tips to them for making that switch from what we've been talking about, you know, the fear-based to the empowerment, the, the place of knowing I can make a different choice, all of those things. What are your thoughts? <laughs> it's a big question, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I have I to like come say. up with this crazy answer, <laughs> but I guess I would say trust yourself and settle into your heart, drop out of your head, and let allow yourself to be and stop doing and just see what comes up for you. Mm, I like that. Stop doing. Mm-hmm. I am a doer. That's hard. <laughs> and notice when you're reacting, what the different, you know, um, sink into just being instead of reacting mm. to, I think is important. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Amy. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I think just being aware, being aware that we that we have the power to make a choice can be really helpful. I think some people don't realize they're always in reaction mode because they don't realize there's another way to be. And stopping and and realizing that at every moment, like you said, we can stop, check in with ourselves and make the best, the next right choice. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Juliet, you want to go? Yeah, well, I, I think I kind of said it a few minutes ago, which is just that it's very empowering to realize that you have choices. You have choices about what you consume. You have choices about what you do. You have choices about what you choose to feel even. You know, Stephanie talked earlier about um, making a choice about what she's what she wants to feel in this moment and we do have choices with that too i talk a lot about asking yourself what you need in a moment you know um and so check that's a practice also checking in with yourself and asking yourself what you need in that moment Mm -hmm. i think the thing that's coming up for me the word grace is coming to mind for me giving myself grace I'm on this roller coaster and everybody else is too. Um, I'm going to do the best I can and I'm going to trust that everybody else is going to do the best they can too. I love it. Okay. And Sarah, did you share too? I didn't. Not yet. Did you answer your question for you? (laughs) I was just asking you guys. (laughs) We'd like to, I bet our audience would like to hear from you. (laughs) I think for me, it's really making that switch from seeking your power outside of yourself to finding it within yourself. To me, that's what empowerment means or what transitioning out of that victimhood means is I, I understand that I have the power within me. I don't have to look for it from everybody else. I think I, I lived that way for a long time. Everyone else held my validation. Everyone else held my happiness. Everyone else held my power. And I think to understand in this situation, when we do that, when we seek our power outside of ourselves, we will always be fear-based. We will always be afraid. 
And I think that understanding that I am powerful and no matter what happens, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll know what to do in that moment or I'll be able to fight or grieve or whatever it is that I'll need at that time, it will come to me and to be able to trust that in myself and trust my own power is so huge and being able to let things go like the really hard things. That's just, I think one of the biggest shifts for, for me that, that has been so pivotal really. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies. Well, I have loved this conversation. Does anybody have final thoughts or words you, you need to just get out there before we end? Just sending lots of love to everyone out there. And please remember that you are valuable. You are worthy and you are loved. Thank you for opening this space for us to have this conversation. Cause I think it's really, it's not an easy conversation but it's an important one to have. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. And I hope it helps everyone see that we're all struggling with some of the same fears and emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really are in this together. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that we are in this together. We belong to each other and no matter what we will come out the other side changed. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to end. <laughs> thank you. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Menares, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.